It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Cold weather is here. Is your home's heating system ready? Lee's Heating and Air is now offering their winter furnace checkup for only 59 bucks. Call Lee's Heating and Air today, 801-747-LEE's or online at leesheatac.com. We get out to the Sprint special guest line. Uh, lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, our friend Chris Mannix. Hi, Chris. What's going on, man? Hey, we're just uh, we're just managing the buzz around here, as you imagine. A lot of Jazz fans excited about the potential of this team after playing so well, and now Mike Conley makes his return. And through two games, he's been uh, on a bit of a restriction, Mike. But so far, so good. How important is it that he be, um, you know, that this go well, getting him back into the the lineup? Oh, incredibly important. And I've I've said this, I know, on the show a number of times, and. You know, as as he works his way back in, I'm not sure I'll be writing it, but he's kind of the the, the X factor for this whole team. I mean, we, we've pretty well established that at this point. You know, the Jazz are going to be a very good to you know excellent defensive team. That's that's pretty much clear. Um, you know, I, I think Joe Ingles has done a remarkable job as the playmaker. I think the last five games he's led the team in assists. Uh, but Mike Conley is the guy. He has a lot of playoff experience. He is a 20-point-per-game type scorer. Uh, in the, the brief stints he's had, I mean, the Indiana game was a terrific outing for him, you know, six for eight from the floor in that game. But uh, they need him to be capable of playing 30-ish minutes a night. And as he gets healthier and gets his rhythm under him, I'm very anxious to see how he fits in with this group. Well, offensively, this team has been on another level, Chris. Uh, as we've talked to you about before, shooting threes and, and their offensive rating right now is absolutely through the roof. I mean, if he can come back and do what we're talking about, it seems like the Jazz could be that defensive team uh, that you talked about and then have an elite offense. And it's it's what we've been talking to you about for years, what they need. Yeah, it's, it's kind of what we thought the Jazz might be coming into this season. I mean, Mike Conley was supposed to be that guy that takes a little bit of pressure off of uh, Donovan Mitchell, gives them another backcourt option. And in his absence, you know, you've seen Bogdanovic have himself some nice games, including most recently. Uh, Royce O'Neal obviously earned himself a new contract uh, with this group. I mentioned Ingles before. So they, they've got the supporting cast there. And if Conley can be something close to the player he was last year, this is a team right there in the mix. I mean, every team in the Western Conference, even the top teams, They've got a flaw. I mean, I was at the Celtics-Lakers game last night. The backcourt is a problem, I think, for the Lakers. You know, Kyle Kuzma is a problem for the Lakers. The Clippers, you know, when Kawhi plays, you know, they tend to be really good, but you know, you never know with with that group. Um, the Jazz have an opening here. I mean, that rough start, I mean, they've got a real chance here to make a run and, and kind of live up to those lofty expectations. Chris Mannix is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Chris, in the next stretch of games, they're going to play Houston twice, Dallas twice, and Denver twice. I mean, that's that's a rough stretch. We're going to find out some answers through that. Yeah, no question. And it's teams that play extremely differently, obviously. With You know, you play the Rockets, it's isolation heavy. You play the Nuggets, there's 10 guys that can beat you. And I think you'll get a real sort of flavor for just how good that defense is at this point. And certainly – 
a series or a sequence of tests for Mike Conley. I mean, if he's in the lineup against Harden and Westbrook, you know, he's going to have to guard one of those two guys out there on the floor. The, you know, Jamal Murray with the Nuggets, he's an excellent player, and, and you've got guys up and down the board that he's going to have to uh, to show himself against. So, yeah, I mean, the, the short way, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you're going to You've seen the Jazz play well against good teams. The Pacers are a solid team that they they beat the other night. But, you know, this is the medal of the Western Conference they're going up against. And I think we'll have a pretty clear idea of just how far the Jazz have come after this stretch. Let's talk about the Rockets for a second, Chris. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated with us. And James Harden, you know, rough down the stretch. And uh, they blew a, a, a big lead against Oklahoma City, a team that was obviously pretty fired up to go up against the Rockets. And they've struggled. They've lost four consecutive games. And what's your take on them right now and the, the pairing between Harden and Westbrook? I'm just not a big believer that this Rockets mix can can win anything significant. I mean, James Harden is an unbelievable player. I mean, he's averaging, what, 37 points per game. He's leading the NBA in minutes. He's incredibly durable, and you know he's made it work alongside Westbrook, who is not an easy guy to to make it work, uh, work with. But can they make it work to a championship level? Do they have enough shooting around them to be uh, effective? I just don't think so. I mean, the more you watch the Rockets, the more you think that a couple of years ago their window closed. When they were in the conference finals with Golden State, that was the best of the Houston Rockets. Um, I, I don't know that they can get that back. And if this if this season ends, you know, abruptly, I don't know what they do. I mean, Harden's over thirty, Westbrook's over thirty. You know, these guys they're not going to get better as they get uh, as they get older. So you start to really think that 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 opportunity they had to beat the Warriors, uh, maybe that was their only chance to win a championship. Daryl Morey going to feel uh, the heat uh, at all because they've got that Fertitta as an as an owner who seems to demand results. Yeah, it, look, I think Daryl's an excellent GM, and I, I think you have to give Daryl credit for the fact that he has overhauled this organization multiple times, and he's done it without having to go through a major rebuilding process. If you go back to you know the transition from Yao Ming to the next era to this one right now, um, it, it's impressive. Not a lot of GMs can pull off what Daryl has pulled off, and he's always gone big game hunting, which is how he got Harden and how he got Westbrook. But you're right. I mean, it is a new ownership, a uh, new owner there in, in Tillman Fertitta, and you know, you don't know, you still don't know, frankly, what kind of damage has been done with the result of what happened with the China stuff and how that resonates with ownership there. So if this team does fail, uh, you know, Daryl's got a long term contract, but you know, you wonder if 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 this if this uh, whole experiment doesn't work, if it winds up costing him. All right, I did see your piece. You mentioned you were the Celtics-Lakers. I, I did see your write-up on that, and I saw you wrote also about the Bucks recently. So Milwaukee, you know, they're great, and they're on top of the East and looking at everybody else, but how wide is that gap between them and teams like the Celtics? It's pretty wide. Um, you know, they, they're just – there's not a lot of flaws there. I mean, Giannis, in my opinion, should be the unanimous MVP this year. I mean, he's putting up kind of – the kind of numbers we haven't seen since Shaq's, you know, MVP season in the late '90s, early 2000s, and he's also doubling as maybe the best defensive player in the league, at least in terms of versatility. Um, and they've got guys around him that make sense. I mean, I, I harp on this a lot, but drafting matters. The Jazz have done a great job drafting players over the years, and Milwaukee's done a really solid job drafting players. I mean, they lose out on Malcolm Brogdon because they couldn't pay him or didn't want to pay him, and they're able to replace him in part because Dante Divincenzo in his second year has been ready to play and, and given them a real spark with that second unit. Um, their free agent acquisitions are solid. Wesley Matthews gives them a defensive presence. Robin Lopez, another backline big man. There's not a lot of flaws there. I think the only 
kind of question mark is probably with Eric Bledsoe, who has had his problems in the last two postseasons. If Bledsoe struggles again, there isn't the safety net of Malcolm Brogdon, but I don't think they they feel that, not in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I mean, maybe if you get to the finals, that becomes a bigger issue, but that Milwaukee team's 11 deep, and they're always going to have the best player on the floor, and, and that, that's, that really is important. So similar question about the Western Conference, and maybe not fair to ask you after watching that particular Laker game, but you know, how do you group the West? Are the Lakers far and away better? Do you put them in the same category as the Clippers still? How are you seeing that? No, I don't think anybody's far and away better than anybody, really. I mean, I think the Lakers, you know, the Lakers to me will go as far as Kyle Kuzma allows them to go. And that sounds weird to say, but you know what you're going to get out of LeBron. You certainly know what you're going to get out of Anthony Davis, but Kuzma's that third guy, and he has been very inconsistent in that role all season long. His biggest games have come when, you know, one of those two guys is out or, or injured or are dealing with something, and that's not what's going to be the case in the playoffs. I mean, you need Kuzma to be efficient, and he hasn't shown he can be that. And when you go up against good teams, good defensive teams, they can lock in on you. They'll find ways to make Kuzma the guy that beats you. If you can't do it, it's going to be a problem. And he, look, even if he is playing well, there's not a big difference between, I think, the, the, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Jazz. I, I, don't, I don't see it. They're built differently, for sure, but... Each of these teams, I think, is is ready for a seven-game war against each other if they all wind up in the second round. So with that in mind about Kuzma, we heard some you know quiet rumors, I guess, a couple of weeks ago that uh, they may be interested in moving him. Is there maybe some legitimacy to that? Well, I think in the right deal they would. I mean, if it meant getting Bogdanovic out of Sacramento, probably you know that gets done. I just don't think Sacramento is that crazy. Uh, Kuzma's got a very good contract, though, and I don't know if, you know, the Lakers want to win this year, but what if Kuzma develops in the next couple of years? I mean, we've seen great players, guys like Chris Bosh and, and Kevin Love, struggle as the third option alongside LeBron and another star. Uh, you know, Kuzma could be going through his version of it right now. So I'm not sure the Lakers want to just give up on him, but if there's a high-level player that's available, I, I would expect Rob Palenka to, to look hard at it right now because that's, the, that, that's a big question mark for that team. I know we've asked you about this multiple times, but the Jazz now 30-13. and 13. Is that third tied for, really tied for second uh, in the West? Is that good enough to get them two All-Stars? Well, yeah, I mean, well, no, I shouldn't say I have no idea. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is such a wide-open right. wide race for, for All-Stars. Donovan Mitchell's an All-Star. I think that's, that, to me, is, is, is very clear. Uh, does Gobert get on the all-star team? I, I thought he was a little sluggish to start the season and, and has come around as that defensive anchor uh, in recent weeks and even even months. But it's tough, man. There's a lot of good players in that conference right now, and it's it's, it's going to be difficult. I mean, I think the voting – I know that the I did my starter voting uh, just last week, and I'm not sure when the coaches make their picks, but it, it's going to be really tough. There's probably 15 guys, I think, that – that deserve to make the all-star team in the West this year. And Gobert's one of them, I think, for sure. It's just that it's, it, it, he just might be a victim of a numbers game. Are you as excited as I am to see how the players didn't take their all-star vote seriously? I mean, this thing, the whole thing needs to be kind of overhauled, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, you know, I hate to knock the fans, but 100,000 fans, or well, no, 700,000 fans, whatever, Taco Fall, and he's right. played all of 21 minutes in Boston this year. So, you know, maybe we ought to rethink um, – Everything that one. Not to say that the media should, you know, be the end all, be all in this. But I, speaking for myself, I do plenty of research on on this stuff. I, you know, run my tough calls by six or seven different coaches um, every time, and you know, I think that's what you want anyway when you're 
you're doing all-star voting to, to have the, the best players there and people that are doing the voting do as much due diligence as possible. So, yeah, I, I can... I think it, you know, if it does turn out goofy with the player vote, then maybe, you know, it needs to be retinkered again because I don't think the fan voting works all that well either. I mean, the counter argument is it's a fan's game and, you know, who cares? Like, if they want to see, let's say, Taco Fall, for example, and he winds up getting the most votes, then whatever. But um, I, I think you want to see the most deserving players make the all star team, and, and that's hard to do in the current circumstances. Well, and and you're you know you're talking to a small market here in Salt Lake, who who I think would certainly agree with you, no doubt about it. Um, Chris, thank you very much as always. It's always a highlight of our week to hear from you. We appreciate it, man. You got it anytime. Thanks, Chris. Chris Mannix, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, and he joins us each and every week right here on the Big Show on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty The Zone. You know the Jazz been playing well, but I, I'm with Chris, and he's been consistent about this too. Is that they have to find a way to make it work with with Mike Conley to get him performing at his you know max level for you know a couple of reasons that uh, he's making thirty million dollars, but also that they're they're not going to be the contenders that they can be without him. It's it's just he's too good, and and he's too his potential role on the team is too big. Tell me what you think uh, him being out with that injury, how that will help him get better or or be better with the Utah Jazz than he was before going out with that hamstring. Uh, I mean, there's there's uh, nicer ways. to Well, let, let me put it this way. I hope that he figured out the best way that he can come in and contribute um, to make the team better. Does that, that make sense? Like, I, I don't want to use the, the phrase fall in line because I don't think he's been – a disruption yeah he hasn't I, been insubordinate I, yeah. I don't think that uh, i don't think it's been that far but like you know come in and say okay you guys this is this is going really well you're playing really well you're playing at an elite level so how can i make that even more elite tell me what i can do and i'm going to go do it you know and uh, again i don't want to talk about mike specifically because i don't know but like like for example russell westbrook here's a player who's going to go out to get his regardless and, uh, like, after last night's game with, with Houston, he didn't seem broken up about the loss at all. You mean when he stole the pass he has, from uh, it, it, He had a triple-double, right? And there was that play, and Locke uh, had a retweet about this uh, earlier today, where there was a play where James Harden did his thing and created a wide-open three-pointer for P.J. Tucker. I mean, nobody in the same county. And there's good old Russell Westbrook, who was, one, way out of position. Because there's not a chance that he was supposed to stand there on that play. If you go look at it, you're like, what are you doing in his pocket? What is the matter with you? If I'm P.J. Tucker, I'm looking at him like, are you serious right now? There's no way you're supposed to be right there. And then Harden passes it to Tucker. Westbrook jumps in front of it, grabs it, goes recklessly into the lane only to take, what, like a fadeaway corner three? You just look at it and go, what was that? It was so bizarre. It was so bad. It was so funny. It was so bad. It looked like an SNL sketch. It did. It did. It. I, I mean, you look and, and like we always used to talk about Russell Westbrook, how he chased his teammates out of the lane so he'd get the rebound for the triple double, like that. And I'm picking on Russ for the reason because he's the most obvious example of what I'm talking about, but he's certainly not the only one. Is that you want Mike to come in and say, "Hey, how can I make you guys better? Because I'm really good, so I can make this team better. So tell me how I can do it, and I'm going to go do it." And I think Mike eventually ends up in the in the starting lineup, but I like it that he's coming back with the bench unit and instead of totally disrupting it. He's fitting in as opposed to guys. I'm Mike Conley because he could do that, right? He's got the clout. 
He's he's making that big max money. He can come in and he say, "Hey guys, I'm Mike Conley. I'm gonna I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna go play my game and and get out of the way." I don't think he's gonna do that, but he could. So I I want to see him come back and carve out his own niche in this Jazz. No, and I don't want to say offense because I think it's both sides of the ball. But yeah. on this team, how instead of you know taking somebody's how he can create for somebody else. I think that's a really good way to put it because I I think there are some that I was in, I was in the camp that I was expecting him to score 15 points a night when the season started and that's what the Jazz were going to need from him. Now I'm to the point Jake where I've seen enough obviously where they don't need 15 points a night from Mike Conley. The offense is in fact since the I did a little bit of some fun math ahead of the Pacers game last night between the time they lost in Indiana and last night, the Jazz offense went from 22nd in the league to second in offensive rating. And that was with Mike Conley out most of that time. They don't need Mike Conley to come in and score 15, 18, 20 points a night. They've got Boyan. They've got Joe Ingles. They've got Donovan. They've got Rudy. They've got uh, Royce O'Neal who can score. They've got Emmanuel Moutier who can put up some points. What they need from Mike Conley is the veteran, savvy, see things, the vision that Mike Conley has acquired over 16 years mm-hmm. in the NBA. How long? 13 years? How long has he been 13, in, the, I think. in the league? Yeah, That's what they need. They don't need necessarily him to score a lot and to shoot the ball a lot. And that's, I think, what, was, what he was trying to do when the season began, and that was not working. Now having sat out all this time with the hamstring, I think he's able to see, you know what, here's where I can input my – my uh, stuff, my work ethic, and keep this thing going up. Like you said, not disrupt it, but add there too. But contribute to it. Without right. having to come in and be like, well, you got to have 20 points for me. Right. Rain dance. Yeah, right. I got to get mine. And and here's, and I know I sound like a broken record on this, but I've been on vacation for a few days, so folks out there haven't heard it. Uh, but it's, it's why Donovan's leadership style this year has been so fascinating to me. And you 100% heard Dennis Lindsay talk about it when he joined us uh, in the 3 o'clock hour. And uh, we've got that up at, at 1280thezone.com if you want to give that um, a listen. But Donovan has created a pretty selfless vibe on this team. I mean, it's, it's obvious, right? You listen to him talk. You see how they behave. You know, Austin, you've been in the locker room after wins, and it's all—it's—it's it's fun. It's fun. People interrupting the, the, you know, the media availability, and we all see the water thing with with Kristen Kenny, and like Donovan does. He mentions at least half a dozen teammates in every post game. Yeah, I had a nice night, but, but did you see what Royce did? Did you did you see? I mean, Rudy, the big fella. Like, how many times have we heard him say the big? Oh man, the big fella was just unstoppable. And like, I mean, he just goes through it and he says, "Hey, this guy deserves credit, and that guy deserves credit," and it creates a vibe amongst the team. We've heard Joe Ingles talk about it on DJ and PK a ton, right? So fit into that vibe. Come in, dish out a few assists, get the blender going, give out some high fives. Uh, you know, become winning's fun. Become part of that wave, right? And part of that group. And and I think that will be somewhat of a challenge for Mike because you have to fit in and you have to figure out how you can fit in. So we're going to watch it. And so far, so good because there's a lot on the line. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. And it's got to happen successfully. And I've got my tickets for the parade. So I don't, know you don't do. disappoint me. I know you do. All right. We'll get into We can get into some more jazz basketball coming up next. If you want to uh, participate in the conversation, you can tweet us at Jake Scott Zone. At Austin Horton, if you want to bother Gordon on vacation, feel free. At Gordon Monson as well. I mean, just just lob him with tweets saying, hey, guy, 
Actually, there's not a chance he sees it. Nope. He doesn't see it when he's here. No, so. he, that's true. He doesn't see it when he's here. Joe Baird might see it. So, yeah, that's true. His coworkers. Right. His, his, fine, his fine, fine coworkers. Uh, all right. We'll have more straight ahead. Stay tuned. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.